0: Hey there, I'm Haley Bloom-Peterson, and this is Our Stories, Our Health. COVID-19 is unlike anything we've experienced before, and to help us get through this pandemic, Dr. Hannah Lixon is joining us weekly to give us an update from the front lines. Hey, Hannah. Hi, Haley. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. So last time we talked to you, you had just gotten word that you do not have COVID-19. Um, are you still feeling healthy? Are you um, noticing anything different? I am feeling healthy, uh, and I'm very
1: glad to be back at work.
0: What are some of the things that are going on at your clinic? So last time we talked, you were kind of waiting to get back to work, um, and you were talking a lot about preparations at your clinic has been making and and switching over to this telemedicine. So what's going on this week? Well,
1: as I, I sort of anticipated, my job has changed dramatically. I always have been a primary care doctor, but right now primary care doesn't really exist. And so we have been planning and working and trying to find out are trying to change how we practice medicine for two reasons. One is to be able to care for our patients. So the reason primary care doesn't exist anymore is because it's really not in anybody's best interest to be coming to a clinic right now, unless you're really sick. Mm-hmm. So we want to protect our patients with chronic illness or who are otherwise healthy, from getting exposed potentially to the coronavirus. And so normal way of business just doesn't work because of that. So we're trying to make sure people have access to, to their doctors when they need us, um, but, but that change in how we deliver care takes time. So normally I would see probably 10, nine or 10 patients in a half day, so 20 patients in a full day. And now I'm seeing maybe three or four in a whole day. And by seeing, I mean a phone visit or a video visit. So so I am not having the contact with my patients that I normally do. Uh, And that leads to the second problem that we're trying to figure out and solve, which is that our healthcare system is based on us generating revenue. This is this organization that I work for. As every healthcare organization, whether it's a private practice or a larger hospital, runs as a business. And if the doctors is if we are not caring for our patients, the insurance companies aren't making payments, and um, then the healthcare system can't really afford to pay us. And so. We are scrambling. We are trying as physicians, but also the healthcare leaders, the nurses, to figure out how to keep our doors open, how to stay in business, as we are also trying to figure out how to best care for patients safely during this pandemic.
0: So are you seeing a lot of staffing changes then um, in your clinic or in your system or any of the um, other hospitals and clinics that you have close contacts with?
1: Yeah, well, things are changing right now. And I know that one of the large healthcare systems in Minnesota, Essentia Health, recently laid off or or furloughed 500 people with no uh, benefits and no pay uh, because for this exact same reason, they couldn't afford to keep them on staff because they aren't generating revenue right now and caring for patients. Uh, that hasn't happened in my system, but but we're worried that it's coming uh, because the same underlying flaw or that same underlying problem is affecting us here in the city as much as it was affecting Essentia in Duluth. So we know that our systems are losing money incredibly quickly right now, uh, and that that's because The way healthcare payment was set up, the way hospitals and clinics earn money is by doing procedures. And right now, all elective or non-urgent procedures have been canceled for the most part because they're too risky. So whether it's the dermatology clinic that generally creates a lot of money or plastic surgery or orthopedic surgery, if things can be put off, they've been put off. And those are... The high income or highly reimbursed types of medical care in our healthcare system. Primary care, hospital care, those are not valued as far as monetary value goes. And that's mm. what we're doing now. So essentially, the system is crumbling in front of our eyes. And it's really, really scary because this is a time more than ever that we need the system to be strong.
0: Right, we're seeing huge amounts of layoffs across industries, Mm -hmm. and often this is turning into people not only losing their job, but then losing their health insurance because it's employer-sponsored health insurance. So we are now facing huge health care issues or health crisis with people who can't afford their care and don't have insurance to help them afford their care. And then now it's starting to spiral into the provider side of things. So we're going to be less equipped to handle it because we have fewer people working to actually take care of people. It is like the biggest snowball rolling down a hill you could ever imagine.
1: Absolutely. You can't see me nodding, but I'm nodding emphatically.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How do you grapple with all of this as you go into your clinic each day?
1: Well, I... I'm not someone to sit and wait and ask for permission, as you know. Uh, And so my partners and I are changing things. And so what we are looking to do is to be innovative in how we deliver care in a way that kind of optimizes our expertise and skills and allows for people with hospital and intensive care expertise to be able to do their job. So we are looking at ways of... Creating like a day hospital within a clinic setting so that we can divert patients from the emergency room and from the hospital who maybe in a different time would have been admitted overnight, but we'll just have them spend the day with us and give them whatever they need, whether it's IV antibiotics, or close observation, or fluids, or breathing treatments. Uh, and then they'll go home at night, and maybe come back the next day and spend the next day with us too. So we're we're looking to innovate in how we deliver care uh, to change really systematically how we approach caring for the population of patients who think of my organization as their primary healthcare source and. I know that other doctors and leaders within the healthcare system in Minnesota are being equally innovative in how they approach this. So I have so much hope because I know that, you know, we have very, very smart, just compassionate, creative people working on this, but I, I don't know how any of it's going to be paid for our government is very appropriately putting a lot of money towards the healthcare effort right now. What I'd love to see is that that money is used to build sustainable systems moving forward, not just reacting to the problems we're seeing, but acting in such a way that we're able to build off of these changes to ensure that the systems we have become more sustainable and actually built and designed for health rather than for you know the profit that really drove them in the first place
0: I'd love that too well thank you so much Hannah for joining us once again we are really happy to be able to talk to you every week and, and get a frontline update um, so thanks so much and we hope you stay well thank you so much Haley it's always good to chat and please take care of yourself out there We know it's hard to stay up to date on all that's happening around COVID-19, but we're here to make that a little bit easier. Our Stories, Our Health is committed to bringing you timely, science-based information through all of our information channels. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at OurHealthMN, that's O-U-R-H-E-A-L-T-H-M-N, or head to our website for the latest stories and resources, OurStoriesOurHealth.org. We get through this together, Wash your hands, keep your distance, and we'll help to flatten the curve.